0: In your Bible, please, Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, Philippians. And again, I will remind you, we began this study back in May, a short interruption from a hurricane named Ian, but uh, we are back looking at the prayers of Paul from prison. In Philippians chapter 1, when we arrived at verse 9, we were introduced to this prayer for the Philippians from the Apostle Paul during his first Roman imprisonment. Remember, he is in house arrest from 60 AD through 62 AD. He will return to Rome as far as prison is concerned, In a dungeon from 66 to 67. And there be offered up, be martyred for the cause of Christ. But while in that first imprisonment, we have four prayers that the Apostle Paul opens or gives to us. We began our study at verse 9. and this, I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So in our study, we came to this first prayer. It's not the first one he offers up from prison, but it is our first look at a prayer in the book, the letter of Philippians. And it is a prayer for the Philippians concerning their performance. Paul's prayers in prison were that those whom he was praying for might experience an intimate insight into what God has for us, what God has done, what he's doing, and what he is yet to do. This prayer in Philippians 1-9 is a prayer concerning the Philippians' performance. Insight, discern what God wants of you, and then do it. It's that simple, very profound. Discern what God wants you to do, what he has now made of you to be, and perform. Do it. That took us on a little parentheses to look at the other prison prayers and we went to ephesians the first of paul's epistles in that first roman imprisonment and you'll remember i trust looking at verse 15 of ephesians chapter 1 therefore i also after i heard of your faith in the lord jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers here it comes that the god of our lord jesus christ the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He raised him and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is yet to come. This prayer for those at Ephesus while he's in prison is a prayer again of intimate insight into the plan of Almighty God. The desire of Paul is that they might be experiencing fully the hope That is part of God's plan for us. We have a future. That future is secure. We're looking forward to it, but we're not hope-sowing it. We know. We have a hope that we look toward. A hope for a future with him. He came unto his own. His own received him not. To as many as received him, to them gave he the right, the authority, to become the children of God. Not born of blood, not born of the will of man, not born the will of the flesh, but born of God. Our hope is that we know we are a child of God. That's our birthright. We look forward to then being in his presence with him and with brothers and sisters, the family of God. It's our birthright, the moment we believed. But we also have a bequeathed right yet to experience in the future, an inheritance. And you'll remember that inheritance has nothing to do with the things that we do in behalf of him while here. Those works, which are to his praise and glory, have rewards. But what we are looking for is not reward. We're looking for our bequeathed. Right. Because we are children of God, because we are his, he has awaiting us an inheritance. Can't fade away. Can in any way deteriorate. He's got that inheritance that he has bequeathed to us as his children, as his sons, yet awaiting us in the future. I don't know all that that encompasses, but I know the goodness of my God, and he has awaiting us an inheritance from him out of his goodness. That's our future. But he also, Paul, prays for their present. My prayer is not only for your hope and for your inheritance, it's for your power. We have the living Christ in us by his spirit. This living Christ who went through death in our behalf, but now has been raised and is seated in the heavenlies. His power is now in us to perform to the praise of his glory. We can't. In any way, and this is sometimes very difficult to remember, do anything to please God. We can do nothing that is to his praise and glory. It's impossible, except through Christ Jesus who lives within us, through his enablement, through his empowerment. And that's what Paul was praying for, that you will intimately have insight and experience the power of the risen Christ. Remember in Philippians, everything that I had, garbage for the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Christ and to experience the power of his resurrection. The second prayer, which is the third for us, but the second prayer in Ephesians is found in chapter 3 at verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees... To the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I mentioned to you, we are the children of God. We are part of the family of God. We belong. We are his beloved. Jesus Christ did not step down into this sin-soaked world to try to allow us to be better. He sacrificed himself so that we could be His beloved. Bow the knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened, to be strengthened with might through His Holy Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This prayer of Paul in prison is a prayer for the Ephesians to intimately gain insight and then experience the fullness of the person of God. We sang three older hymns, 1600s, 1700s, God of Abraham, praise. Yeah. We have a great God, a God who, as to the length, the width, the depth, the height of the fullness of Him, can only be experienced as he reveals himself through his spirit in us. Paul is praying that you might gain strength in the inner man through the Holy Spirit so that you may enter in through the love that you have for him to an appreciation of the fullness of God. That's a big prayer. That beats, uh, Lord, take care of them. Lord, provide for them. Lord, my desire is that you give them intimate insight that we can experience together by your indwelling Holy Spirit the strength of entering into and appreciating and experiencing and expressing your love to allow you to fill us with yourself, went over to the Old Testament this morning psalm twenty seven remember I mentioned we have no strength within ourselves to do anything to please God and Therefore, it is true that even in man's best efforts to praise God, he falls short. But God's provided the strength to give him glory. Look at Psalm 27. The Lord is my light. my deliverance, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Look at verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. It's the inner man. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The names of God in the scriptures are very significant. They're very significant because the names that we have in the scriptures give us insight to his character, who he is, and give us insight into his character, Conduct, what he does. He is the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, I am. He, the Lord, is the self-sufficient one. Maybe new revelation to you. God doesn't need us. By His infinite power, in His infinite wisdom, He made us. He made all things. For what purpose? To His eternal praise. It's the purpose for which what we experience on this earth, what we experience in this life is all to the eternal praise of God. And here, David is calling out to the Lord. Yahweh, Jehovah, the great I Am, the one who in himself is totally... Needing of nothing, for he is. The Lord is my light, my deliverance, salvation. Of whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait. I say, on the Lord. Patient power. Wait on Him. The opposite of that is panic power. Uh oh. What can I do? Of course, if we're sanctified at all, we say, I'll pray. That doesn't really sanctify when you rely on your own strength and do in your own time frame what you believe you should do. Wait. Patient. Power. From the one who is. All things in and of himself. The all sufficient one. Is there anything he can't provide? It's all his. This life, that which is yet to come, it's all his. And we need to wait. To trust for his strength. Psalm 62. Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. (laughs) I shall not be greatly moved. Look at verse 5. My soul wait silently for God. For God alone. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. The names of God in the scripture are significant. They give us insight into his character, into his conduct. God. Earlier, Psalm 27, the Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, I am self-sufficient. God. First place, as we'll see in a moment, that name for God is in the scriptures, in the beginning. God, Elohim, Mighty God. Most of us aren't too strong. In many ways, as we get older, certainly we're aware of the lack of strength we have physically. But also, some are more strong emotionally than others. Some are more intellectually stronger than others. God is Almighty. You can't compare anything to Him in His strength, in His power, in His might. And what we, through the scriptures, through the prayers offered up, Old Testament, New Testament, are to do is to wait for His. Almighty strength, power to accomplish for us and through us all to his praise and glory. But so often, even in the frailty of our own flesh, and we recognize that, we continue to try to do What Almighty God has said, wait for me to do. I've already done for you all that's necessary. And I'll continue to do that. And you'll never want anything. I made it all. And I want you to experience all that I am what Paul's praying for. That you would be strengthened in the inner man by the Holy Spirit in order to understand the fullness of Almighty God in us and through us. Jesus, you remember the upper room with the disciples, they were scared. They were frightened. Everything that they thought and hoped for was falling apart. The one in whom they were looking for deliverance from had already on three different occasions said, I have to die. It doesn't seem right. But I will be raised again. Well, that's good news, but. <laughs> Got to wait for that, I guess. And so, in that atmosphere of intimacy in the upper room, he says to his disciples, I have to go. There's no option in this which you are about to experience. I'm about to leave. I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you, as I told you, through death. But I'm coming back. But in my absence, I'm going to, with the Father, send a comforter one who will come and be in you forever. Now you see, the the Spirit of God from the very beginning of his creation was moving in the act of creation itself, moved upon the waters. And the Spirit of God throughout the history of God's creation has moved among men. The Spirit of God has come upon some. The Spirit of God has been in some. The Spirit of God has empowered some. But a new relationship with the Spirit of God is about to take place. I have to leave. I'm going back to the Father. I'm going to come again. But in my absence, we, the Father and I, are going to send the Spirit, the Comforter, the Encourager. It's me in you. Not occasionally. Not when you are in your greatest need. In you forever. This is altogether new in the plan of God. And it's going to take place not many days from now. The day of Pentecost. Outpouring of God's Spirit. Now the living Christ within his church, those who have believed on him. And his presence was not only permanent, it was powerful. Because now those who belong to him are able to perform to his eternal praise. Be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. That's why I'm leaving you here. But you're not alone. It's what Paul is praying for. I'm going back to Ephesians chapter 3. My prayer for you is that he would grant you according to the riches of the glory of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Right after that intimate setting in the upper room, they went out. And Jesus began To continue the message that he wanted them to experience. You're not going to be alone. You don't have anything to fear. I'm with you forever. I'm going to perform to the praise of God through you. Abide. I am the vine, you are the branches abide in me as you abide in me and my love abides in you fruit will come forth for what purpose to the praise of god abide in my love paul says this is my prayer that you're going to be experiencing this the Spirit." Strengthen you, an inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend, with all the saints, what is the width, the length, the depth, the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. One over two. Romans, chapter eleven. At Christmas time, oh, many years ago, I'm not a topical teacher or preacher. We were in the book of Matthew. And I asked this question How big is your God? How big is He? And of course, That would conjure up for most believers some of the things we are looking at together this morning. My God's almighty. My God is all-sufficient. He's Jehovah. And, And that I am is a personal name. It's the name that God used when he said to Abraham, Abraham, come here. Come here. I have a purpose for you. Is part of the master plan of Messiah. Through you, all nations will be blessed. Jehovah, I am. I'm with you. You can trust me. I'm promising. And what I promise, I perform. But I answered that question this way How big is your God? Does he fit? In the manger. That's how big my God is. Beyond our comprehension. Beyond our ability to in any way reason out God. And that's what God's revealed anyway. He says, you, you can't figure me out. The more you try... More futile it is. But I've revealed myself in a manger, in the flesh, in my son, in your savior. And Paul is saying, I want those of us who have believed on him, this magnificent God, to enter into what he has revealed as to the length, the breadth, the height, the depth of him, the fullness of him. i going over again, as I mentioned earlier, to the first time the name of God Elohim is used, Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning... God, that's God Almighty, that's Elohim, that is, name, a single noun, but within the Hebrew, it has plural significance. There is an aspect of it that goes beyond singular. It expands. It grows. In the beginning, almighty God. One God, but he is more than just. What he has revealed concerning himself as the God almighty. In the beginning, God created almighty God, the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. This creative work of Almighty God was done by God and his Spirit. Spirit moving in this great, magnificent act of creation. Then God said, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. All things were made by Him. All things were made unto Him. And without Him, the Word Nothing was made that was made. The Word, the defining definition of Almighty God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the magnificence, the glory of the only brought forth of the Father, full of grace and truth. In the beginning, Elohim, Almighty God, His Spirit, and His Son, the Word, brought all things into being. And at the pinnacle, the crowning glory of this almighty, magnificent creation is you and me. For God said, let us God, God's Spirit, God's Son, make man in our own image have dominion over all that I've created. Not only to have dominion, but then, then to multiply, to bring forth that which is to my glory. How did he do that? He made man different. He made man different from anything else he created. And within mankind, he made a difference. He made a man and woman. Don't listen to anything that tells you otherwise. It ain't true. There is a difference for the purpose of almighty God to bring glory to himself he made the man and woman and he said be fruitful multiply fill the earth and so it is that we have almighty God Elohim come on over to our time's going here I'll just remind you but Genesis chapter 22 uh, you'll remember God speaks to To Abraham. And of course. In that very first verse of. Chapter 22. It is Elohim. God almighty. Abraham. Here's what I want you to do. And you know the story. Tells Abraham. to Go to a place that he's going to show him. And to offer up his son. As a burnt offering. Sacrifice your son. The son that you love. Your only son. He does that in obedience. He does that in obedience of faith, Hebrews 11 tells us, because when he said to the other two young men that were with him in the party, we, my son and I, we're going to go and worship. We will return, Hebrews 11, believing that God could raise him from the dead. He wasn't going to hold back, but he was trusting. And so he goes to the appointed place, He's about to plunge the knife, And then, the Lord, the Lord, Jehovah, I am, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides a substitute, the Lamb, The ram was taken and put in place of Isaac and God's justice was realized in that judgment, the burnt offering to make things right with him was satisfied. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, Provides, And from this day on, that place is known as the place where Jehovah provides. I want you to experience the fullness of God. Exodus chapter 3. Moses is tending the sheep, burning bush. Whoa, what is this? I think I'd better look closer and see what... Take it easy. Take off your sandals. Moses, you're on holy ground. Moses, I have for you a very special purpose. You I have chosen to be the instrument to lead my people who have been crying out, I've heard their voices for deliverance from Egypt. You're going to deliver them. Who? Me? Yes, you. Well just in case, and I I, I see this coming. Who shall I say sent me to do this? What if they ask, what's his name? What shall I reply? You tell them. I am who I am. The significance of the names of God in the scriptures. Give us insight to his character. To his kind I am the eternal one. I will perform what I have promised. Jesus, remember in his earthly ministry, was challenged so many times. On one occasion they said, yeah, he's nothing but a a Samaritan and he's got a demon in him. That's the only way he's doing what he's doing. Jesus, of course, addresses that issue. And in the vernacular of the day, he says, you don't know squat. You just don't know. You think that you have some kind of a relationship with God. The God that you think you have a relationship with is my father. Peter. My dad. You're of your father of the devil. But if you trust me, you'll never die. Whoa. Give me a break. You're greater than Abraham? He's dead. Greater than the prophets? He's dead. Who do you make yourself out to be? I am. They understood that perfectly. The response, where's the stones? <laughs> but he said something in that not only powerful, but poignant. My father. He is God, one with God. He speaks about that John chapter ten. That he and the Father, nobody can take, snatch us who believe in him out of the Father's hand. And he and the Father are one, not only in purpose, but in person. Another shot. But, Luke tells us, chapter 2, in the very early days, there's very little re- revealed concerning the early days of Christ. One of the things we have is that when he was 12 years of age, he went with his family to Jerusalem, went there to worship. They now leave Jerusalem. And they, they go a day's journey, and where's Jesus? Got to go look for him. We thought he was somewhere with our caravan, but he's not. And they go looking. They find him three days later. You remember? Mary says, son, your father and I have been looking for you. We've been, we've been overwhelmed with anxiety. Did you not understand that I would be in my father's house doing my father's business? They couldn't put it together. His baptism. Spirit of God ascends upon him like a dove. A voice comes out of heaven. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. He goes to the garden. He's coming near the end of his life, a life of dependency. He's God, but he has surrendered to the will of the Father. And in that garden he prays Father Mark tells us he prayed "Abba, Father Daddy That word is the intimacy of a child's Reliance on the Father. Child-like trust. Abba. Dad. Not my will. Yours be done. Spirit of God has come to indwell us. You know how we know that? We cry... Abba, Father, the intimacy of childlike dependence on Almighty God. And thus, Paul is in prison. <laughs> Things don't look good. But he's praying for others. And this prayer, this prayer, is that they might experience the fullness of God in them. That we might experience Elohim, Almighty God. That we might experience Jehovah, Jireh, provider. That we might experience Jehovah, I am with you. Cry out to me, Haba, Daddy. And in experiencing that, to embrace the fullness of God Himself in us. We're a prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for allowing us again this morning. Through your spirit to enter into your word and to have you reveal yourself to us. Abba, Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.